Hey guys, welcome to Sugar Hill Church at Home. We are so grateful you're here today. We really are. And one of the fun things that's happened over the last couple of months is that people have opened their homes and their businesses to invite other people in to watch with them. And so if you're hosting a watch party, thanks for doing that. That's been amazing to see. And I want to give a special shout out to our friends up at Arrowhead Lake. We are so grateful you guys are part of the family. Thanks for joining us every single week. Now, at the beginning of the year, nobody expected for us to be 100% online. We didn't see it coming. In fact, when COVID first started causing us to physical distance ourselves from other people, I saw it as merely an interruption. I thought, man, we're going to be back to normal pretty soon. Two or three weeks, we'll be back together. But now, basically four months later, this has not been an interruption. This truly has been a disruption. What I mean by disruption is that everything's changed. I mean, everything has changed. And I know the sentiment, and I agree with the sentiment, that we can't wait for things to get back to normal. But the truth is, and this phrase has been overused over the last several weeks, there's a new normal. There just simply is a new normal. There's some things that we're able to hold on to, and there are some things that are changing. And one of the things I'm grateful for about you and our church family is you guys have been amazing. We've pivoted well, and uh, even though we haven't been able to have in-person gatherings, man, we have not stopped doing the mission and the work of Jesus. People's lives are being changed every single week. Families are being helped. Schools are being partnered with, and it's because of you. So thank you so much. And we can't wait to continue doing this online, but to also to be able to regather. And you've seen posts about that. You've seen emails about that. So be sure to stay in tune with the regathering plan. If you've missed it for some reason, be sure to drop us a note at hello at sugarhillchurch.com. We'll make sure you're on the email list. Well, one of the disruptions we see in Scripture actually comes from Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, we see a moment that I call the one-shot moment. That moment where everything's about to change. What's happening in Mark chapter 10 is Jesus is traveling on his way to Jerusalem. This is his final trip into the city on his way to the cross. And so he's been traveling through cities. And as he travels through, people just come around him. So many people come out of the woodworks to follow him, to be with him. They want to be near Jesus. Well, one of the towns they get to is the town called Jericho. And we know about Jericho, but as he's passing through Jericho, there's this scene that takes place. In fact, let me read it for you in Mark chapter 10. Here's what it says in verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho, there's this great crowd. And Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Now, at first, when you read this, it's not a big deal because we sort of know the story. If you've been around the Bible a while, but even if this is new to you, you know what it's like to have people that have great need and they're just, they're looking for help. They're looking for help. And so on this pathway, this was a normal pathway that Jews would take every single year on the way to the Passover, on the way to Jerusalem. So this is a well-trafficked area. And so what would happen is anytime there's large crowds, beggars would show up just hoping, man, would somebody help me? Would somebody help me? Would somebody help me? Would anybody help me? And what's interesting is one of these people is actually named. Now, most of the time, and you can look at this in the Gospels, most of the time when Jesus does a miracle in somebody's life, their name isn't actually given. But here it says, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was waiting by the roadside. Verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, almost like this light bulb goes on. He's like, this isn't just a crowd. Jesus of Nazareth is here. 
It's almost like he's like, this is my one shot. I've heard about him. I've heard about him. I've heard about this Jesus. It says in verse 47, and he began to cry. He began to cry out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So think about this. Jesus is traveling from city to city. Jesus is on his way to the cross. This is the last recorded miracle in the gospel of Mark. And in this moment, this blind beggar on the edge of the road, hoping that somebody will see him, begins to cry out, would you help me? Would you help me? Would you give me something? Would you help me to get by? And then the moment he hears that Jesus is there, the moment that he hears this person that has healed other people, This person that sat down and and read scripture that said the blind eyes will be opened and the deaf will hear and the dead will be raised again. This same Jesus is about to pass by. And so in this moment, he cries out. In this moment, he says, God, would you help me? In this moment, he cries out to Jesus. Why? Because he's been blind his whole life. Maybe this is my one shot. Maybe this is my one opportunity. Let me ask you a question today as you think about Mark chapter 10. What would you do if you realized you had one opportunity? What would you do if you realized this might be your only chance to ask Jesus to do what only Jesus can do in your life? Well, it says that Bartimaeus cried out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he cries out. Why would he do that? Why would he do that when there's this crowd? Why would he do that when it seemed like they were on mission, they had more important places to do? Why would he cry out? Because he was desperate. Imagine living life in total darkness. Imagine being so dark that that darkness begins to define you, that that issue you have becomes your identity. See, for Bartimaeus, blindness wasn't just something that he had. Blindness had become part of who he was. I mean, people called him Blind Bartimaeus. His issue had become his identity. Now, maybe for you watching, maybe chances are physical blindness isn't your issue, but maybe there's some other issue. Maybe it's spiritual blindness where it just feels like you're grappling in the dark and you're not really making any progress. Or maybe you're sitting there and saying, man, I'm single and that issue is defining you or or I'm single again. Or maybe it's that you, you, you have these dark thoughts and you're like, man, I'm wrestling with this issue again. I'm wrestling with this again. Maybe you've been let go. Maybe you've been laid off again. Maybe, maybe there's some addiction that's reared its ugly head during COVID. Maybe there's some strain within your marriage. I don't know what that is, but the good news today is when it comes to Jesus, your issues are not your identity. That thing that you're struggling with does not actually define you. And what I love about Mark chapter 10 is this blind beggar was in the right place at the right time for everything to change. He had one shot. He had one shot. And so today, as we worship for a little bit and we come back together, I want you to think about what is that issue that you've allowed to identify you? What is that struggle that you've allowed to become the headline of your life? And could it be today that Jesus is passing by. Could it be today that Jesus is giving you a shot for your identity to be shifted? Let's worship together. So as we're going to hear more about from Pastor Bobby today about um, blind Bartimaeus, uh, there are many things that that try to define us in this life and try to steal our sense of identity. Um, 
and, and keep us from realizing and remembering that we are the Lord's and that we are who he says that we are and, and that his promises are true. So we get to remind ourselves again by singing this. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear. For your love has set me free And my hope will always be In your promises to me It doesn't matter what I feel It doesn't matter what I see My hope will always be In your promises to me Now I'm casting out all fear For your love has set me free my hope will always be in your promises to me. Oh, you will always be more than enough for me. You will always be more than enough for me. Nothing's gonna stop the plans you've made. Nothing's gonna take your love away You'll always be more than enough for me Yes, you will You'll always be more than enough for me Yes, you will You'll always be more than enough for me Nothing's gonna stop the plans you made Nothing's gonna take your love away always be more than enough for me doesn't matter doesn't matter what I feel doesn't matter what I see my hope will always be in your promises to me and now I'm casting out all fear for your love has set me free and my hope will always be in your promises to me. Thanks so much, Zach and team. You guys are incredible. Well, the question is, what do you do? I mean, what do you do when you realize that you've allowed your issues to become your identity? What do you do when you realize maybe this is the one shot? Because I believe that. No matter if you're watching with us live or if you're catching the replay, I believe this could be the moment that you're in the right place at the right time and Jesus is showing up. Well, let me just describe to you what Bartimaeus does and give you just some things for you to consider to do. And the first thing that he does is, number one, he cries out. That doesn't sound very spiritual. It doesn't sound very deep, but it comes from this core place of desperation. And that's a healthy place for every single one of us to get to where we realize we have a need. Now, one of the blessings that has come out of COVID, and I know there's a lot of negativity, but one of the positive things has been this idea of scarcity. See, when we have plenty, when we have gadgets and clothes and jobs and money and TP, we take it for granted. But the moment that those things start disappearing, what happens is that scarcity creates an opportunity. I mean, who would have thought 
that we would be going from store to store to store trying to find TP. Who who would have thought that the hand sanitizer was going to become so expensive on Amazon? In fact, my father-in-law uh, ordered TP at the beginning of COVID off of Amazon, and probably six weeks later, I guess it came from China, I don't know, six weeks later, this box shows up, and it's these little bitty rolls. It's just something to laugh at. But one of the things that happens when things become scarce is it creates an opportunity. And for this guy, vision was scarce, and so it created this opportunity. I need Jesus to show up. Let me read this verse to you again. It says, and as Jesus was leaving Jericho, it says, a blind man, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He cries out. And what do the disciples do? What do the disciples do that have heard Jesus say, I've come not to be served, but to serve? What do what these disciples and followers that heard Jesus say, let the little children come to me? Well, these people missed it. It says in verse 48, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Here's a guy that Jesus has said, he, he literally read scripture in the synagogue and said that this is my mission to open blind eyes. And now in this moment, his followers see this as a distraction. It's almost like we've got more important things to do. We're on our way to the Passover. We're on our way to Jerusalem. Jesus doesn't have time for you. And in that moment, Bartimaeus doesn't give up. He doesn't listen to them say, man, be quiet. It says in verse 48, and he cried out all the more. He got louder. He got rowdy. It says he cried out and said, son of David, have mercy on me. He's saying, I need Jesus in my life. I don't care if I look crazy. I don't care if the other people have told me to be quiet. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I need what only Jesus can do. And the temptation for us is to think, well, I'm not blind. But you know there's more than one kind of blindness. I mean, Bartimaeus had physical blindness, but we may have spiritual blindness. We may have uh, 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 unconfessed sin in our life. We may have struggles that are going on. And there's something about us getting honest about it. There's something about us coming clean and saying, "I'm I'm not okay. Jesus, I need you to work in my life. There's something about that because it is okay to not be okay, but it is not okay to stay there. And so there comes this moment of desperation where he cries out, he cries out, and he says, Jesus, would you show up? So that's the first thing for us to do is for us to cry out, for us to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to do what only you can do. But he doesn't stop there. Not only does he cry out, but the second thing that he does is he comes open. In other words, he has nothing to hide. He's not trying to act like he's got it together. He's not trying to act like, man, I've got this little problem. It says in verse 49, and when Jesus stopped and said to him, call him. And so in other words, Jesus doesn't actually talk to Bartimaeus directly yet. He says to those followers, remember those those people they are saying, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Bartimaeus, would you shut up? Bartimaeus, would you just go away? Jesus stops, which I think is amazing. And then he says to those same people that were turning Bartimaeus away, he says, call him. Can you imagine that moment? Can you imagine the embarrassment of that moment where you you were trying to quiet down this distraction and Jesus stops and says, I want you to go and get him. 
I imagine they tripped over their words. Yeah, and I, I know I told you to be quiet, but I was getting to the point where we we're going to bring you to Jesus. And here's what it says. It says, and they called the blind man and they said to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. Take heart, that person you've been crying out to. Take heart, that person that you've been reaching out to. Take heart, he is calling you. And then in verse 50, it says, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. I love that. I mean, when you think about his posture in this passage, when we first meet him, he's sitting. When we first meet him, he's begging. When we first meet him, he's crying out. He's downcast. He, he feels all alone. And so if you've ever felt that way, if you've ever felt overlooked and forgotten, and, you, and, and especially during social distancing, felt like maybe nobody notices me, you're in good company because that's where Bartimaeus was. He goes from sitting, begging, crying, to now throwing, jumping, and following. Here's what Jesus says in verse 51. And Jesus said to him, what do you want? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. So the first thing is to cry out, but the second thing is to come open. In other words, if Jesus were to ask you today, what is it you want? What is it you want? What is it that you need? Could you tell him? Could you tell him that struggle? Could you tell him that area of your life that you just feel like something's missing? Could you describe to him what you're asking him to do? Could you come open? One of the temptations for all of us, myself included, is there's an area of, of blindness in our life, and if we're not careful, we'll hold tightly to it. We'll, we'll lock our fists around it. We'll, we'll, we'll show up afraid to admit it. We're afraid to admit that we don't have it together. We think everybody else has it together. I look at social media and, and all the smiles and all the vacations everybody's got together, but there's something wrong with me. But the truth is we're, we're all broken. We're all in need of this shot with Jesus. And so to cry out to him, to say, Jesus, I need you. To come open, to say, I've got nothing to hide. I, I'm not perfect. I'm broken like everybody else. And the third thing that he does is he casts it off. I mean, think about this. Jesus stops. He calls to him. He says, take heart. What do you want? What do you want? He doesn't ask for money. He doesn't ask for position. He doesn't ask for a house. He says, I just need to see. I just need to see. And in 52, Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him on the way. What an amazing picture. Here's a blind beggar who had this robe around him. And for a lot of blind beggars, that becomes their identity. That becomes the thing that they wrap around them where they find security and safety. And for a beggar to give that away, for a beggar to throw that off and to say, I'm going to Jesus, that's a big deal. Not only does he get physical sight back, but he finds a new identity. And that's the reminder of today, that his issue is not his identity, and it's not yours either. For some of us watching today, we need to have our spiritual sight restored. We literally have never put our faith in Jesus. And so for us, this one-shot moment is to say, Jesus, I need you to do what only you can do in my life. For others of us, maybe it's we need to cast off our robe, our blanket, that thing that we found as our security, our safety, our, our identity. And this guy gets up and he follows Jesus along the way. So much so that scripture actually names him. 
chances are that Mark's readers knew who this guy was. That's why Mark called him by name. Chances are he became a leader in the early church. Chances are he's the kind of guy that people, the moment he mentioned Bartimaeus, they're like, ah, I remember that moment. Let me ask you a question. Has that moment ever happened for you? Has there ever been a moment that you were in the right place, you were at the right time for Jesus to pass by and for him to take whatever that struggle is you have, whatever that infirmity is that you have, whatever that issue is, and to remove it from being your identity and to replace it with him. Today, I want to encourage you. Maybe you resonate with the story of Bartimaeus. Maybe it's that you need to drop the blindness from your life and follow him. And so today, I want to give you a couple action steps. One is that if there's never been a moment that you've said yes to Jesus, if there's never been a moment that you followed him, would you do that today? The Bible says that all of us need him because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible says at just the right time, even while we're still sinners, Christ died on the cross for our sins. And when we put our faith in him and we turn from our sins to him, the promise of scripture is that he saves us. And so if you've never done that, if you've never secured your eternity, I want to invite you to do that even now. You can pray this prayer. It's not a magic prayer. There's certainly nothing about the words, but it's the heartbeat behind it. But as I say it out loud, you can pray it in your head and your heart. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sin separates me from you. But I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you're alive today. And as best as I know how, I ask you to forgive me and save me. If you prayed that today for the very first time and you meant it, the promise of Scripture is that you have been saved. Your eternity is secure. And if you did that, I'd love for you to either click the button below or drop us a note in the comments or drop us an email at hello at sugarhillchurch.com. We've got some free resources we'd love to put in your hands this week and to talk to you about this walk with Jesus. But maybe for others, you've put your trust in Jesus, but there's some things you're still holding on to. Maybe you're finding your identity in something or someone else besides Jesus. What is that thing? What is that thing that defines you? What is that thing that you find your security in? Could it be today that you need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry for replacing my security in you with something else? Because I guarantee you that whatever captures your heart will often break your heart unless it's him. And so maybe you want to pray this part of the prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you pass by at just the right time. Thank you that you don't identify us by our issues. God, would you help me to drop my guard and find my identity in you? Tell them whatever that thing may be. Jesus, would you help me to turn from that and turn to you? Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful. I really am. I'm so grateful for this opportunity for us to learn from your word what happens when you show up. God, would you help us to be people that aren't afraid to cry out even when it's not popular? Would you help us to come open where we have nothing to hide? And God, would you help us to cast off anything or anything that would distract us from you and help us to follow you? And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We pray that the Word of God and the worship of God was both challenging and encouraging for you today. If there's any way that we can pray for you, comment below or feel free to drop us an email at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. 
Thank you for worshiping with us today, and we hope you have a great week. Go in peace.